Never forced, never coursed. Open discussions about things in life that matter to you most. From tech to TV, movies, and gaming, and everything in between. Visit voluntaryinput.com to subscribe, contact us, and find out how you can support the show. Catch new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. And be sure to join us every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern and Saturday night at 11 p.m. GMT for Weekend Chill, exclusively on Mixcloud. I'm going to be completely honest. The guest for this episode is so amazing. I actually struggle with how am I going to introduce her? So I finally landed on just doing it the old fashioned, old school way. That's right. I'm going to read it from a piece of paper. And those who've been listening to this show long enough, you guys know how much I hate printing and hate paper. So, you know, this is something, but she's so awesome. I just, I had to just get it all in and this is the best way I could come up with. <laughs> so here we go. She is a tarot reader and storytelling strategist. After nearly a decade and a half working in entertainment in New York City as an expert communications consultant and Broadway publicist, her path of self-exploration led to healing and evolution and reading tarot cards professionally alongside her communications work. Her passions are unlocking the magic in others, amplifying unheard voices, inner and outer, offering platforms for open dialogue and creating meaningful experiences while cultivating community. She is the founder of Pink Tank, a women's group integrating the personal and the professional and co-founder of Snob, Sunday Night on Broadway, a Broadway industry dance party. She is also a member of the PR collective Spiral 5 and co-author of their signature course, The Career Rebel's Guide to Modern PR. With 20 Broadway credits, she has represented the Tony Award-winning productions of A Raisin in the Sun, starring my twin brother, Denzel Washington, <laughs> Memphis, Billy Elliot, and Disney's The Lion King, plus Disney's Aladdin, Andrew Lloyd Webber's School of Rock and Cats, George Takai's Allegiance, This Is Our Youth, Rock of Ages, Ghosts, Elf, and First Date. Since her theatrical start, she's expanded out to other forms of entertainment, including music, film, TV streaming, and worked with companies large and small from Disney, HBO, and Amazon Studios to boutique talent agencies, internet startups, nonprofits, and string quartets. <laughs> Welcome, Emily McGill. I'm exhausted just listening to it. <laughs> oh, wow. And else, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to slow down, you know? So there, there is a plus side to that, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get started, I think we better tell everyone there may be some background noise. And when we first talked, there was some background noise. There were some sirens. You assured me that you're not on the run from the cops, but I'm, I'm not. I'm about a block and a half from Times Square in the middle of New York City. So sometimes there are sirens coming down the block, or you know, we'll hear things, people shouting on the street, people playing music. Um, but it's all part of living in the middle of New York. That's exciting. I mean, that it, it what do they call it? They say it's the city that never sleeps. I mean, during the pandemic, she's been sleeping a little, whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, and still napping, you know, still getting a good night's sleep. A lot of places are 
restaurants are closing at like 10 o'clock, even on the weekends. So. Still see here, everybody's out trying to open back up, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting there, you know, yeah. One thing at a time and Broadway shows are starting to come back, which is really exciting. Other live entertainment is starting to come back. You know, people are starting to do music shows again. So it's, it's slowly, but surely we're getting there. That's awesome. Well, that introduction aside, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I have been practicing tarot for probably five, four or five years now. Um, mm -hmm. my therapist actually, actually introduced me to the tarot and, um, I would pull a card every now and again when I was in a session with her and and then I started looking for a daily practice. So I started pulling a card actually on an app on my phone, um, which was a great way to start learning because I could just, you know, download this app and there it was just tap of a finger. I would learn the meaning of each card. So that was really cool. And then I had an opportunity right before the pandemic started. I was given my first deck of cards. So I started reading for other people. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. So everything went online. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, tarot readings for everyone. Wow. I mean, it did for everyone. I mean, everything yeah. went online. Yeah. So, but I think hopefully a lot of people realize there's a lot of opportunity. It's so. been really incredible, you know, to see the amount of creativity that has come from the limitations that were put on us by everyone having to be in their own spaces. Um, right. so I think there's been some really, really beautiful work and art created on the Internet. There is. It's not it's not a, a bad place. You know, often, unfortunately, the Internet gets a bad it gets demonized, but it's right. it's not all bad. Well, you know, it's like anything else. Right. Like we can use it for good or evil. We have our choice. Exactly. Now, on your website, uh, it says, <laughs> <laughs> are you laughing at yourself? Hey, is that taxi going to hit you? How do you do that? Uh, it was a red light. <laughs> oh, and you just stand in the street and get your picture taken. Yeah. Does this kind of thing happen all the time, though? No. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking maybe the taxi drivers are like, oh, great. Is somebody else posing oh, for sure, us? Yes. Yeah. I'm sure it does, actually. You know, I'm probably usually like down the middle of, of Broadway in Times Square. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it says our magic stands at the intersection of self-exploration and translation. Can you explain a little bit more about what, what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So. When I say that the the magic is at the intersection of self-exploration and translation, for me, that means I, you know, I've done a lot of work over the last seven plus years that I've been in therapy and healing and, and expanding into your fullest self is not an easy or um, necessarily beautiful thing. Sometimes it's really messy and painful. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to do. It's hard to have that self-awareness and, and really like take a look at what you're doing yourself. Um, but also that's where so much of our beautiful work comes from and our art and our creativity and, you know, the things that we put out into the world. And so it's about helping folks um, really like tap into themselves and see what it is that lights them up. Yeah. And then also translating that in a way and sometimes people already know what it is that lights them like, you know, it's like, yes, I know this thing. I love it so right. much. I'm actually really good at it too. So bonus points, right? <laughs> yeah. then they don't know how to talk about it. How do you 
how do you translate this passion, this excitement, the joy that you have for what you're creating if you don't necessarily know the words to use to describe it mm-hmm. or you're not necessarily expressing it in a way that is palatable to the ears that you're trying to catch, uh, you're, you're, the gift that you have to share with the world isn't going to go as far. And so I love helping people figure out how to talk about stuff. Uh, you know, hearing yeah. someone tell a story and then sort of like translating it down into like a sound bite kind of thing, you know, or, you know, having someone explain something and say, kind of drill down to the core of what it is and get to some of the most concise language that we can use to talk about it. So I think that's what I mean when I say that. You know, what's awesome is you said that um, sometimes you get people and they're like, yes, I knew that. I know that. Um, What do you think holds people back? Because I know I do it from time to time too. You're like, "I I knew that about myself, but I never... What do you think holds us holds us back? I think it's always our fear. You know, yeah. I mean, I live through this every day too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not exempt from any of this. I'm going through all of this at the same time. Um, but ultimately, the more I remember to, to explore things with curiosity versus fear, mm-hmm. the more I'm willing to step into the things that scare me or that are uncomfortable or maybe like I don't necessarily feel safe in that moment, I will still step towards it. Um, you know, sometimes I'd step a little too far and get a little burned and then have to run back. <laughs> it's a learning experience. Yeah, <laughs> always. But, um, you know, I, I think, yeah, there's just, there's so much opportunity. You know, I always tell people, and they find it hard to believe, I am a very shy person actually mm-hmm. naturally and they're like no way and i'm like well my curiosity overpowers the shyness it's because yeah. i just i don't know it's almost like you said i've been burned by it too but it's like really? i get so curious about something i'm like i gotta learn it i gotta know i gotta yes. know yes and and you know think about too coming out of, of this pandemic coming into this new phase of life that we're all coming into right now You know, we've all been through such large trauma. So many people have lost people in their lives. There's so much happening in the world right now. And that's just one aspect, right? Let's not, we haven't even gotten into, you know, how our climate is, is devolving, how, you know, we've got so many social justice issues in the world, how we've got so many refugee and humanitarian crises happening all over the world. Like we're talking, you know, that like we're barely scratching the surface here. Right. But when we choose to approach even these difficult topics with a curiosity, that it, it really does, like you say, it helps us overcome so many other things that might be holding us back, whether it is perhaps like a shyness or maybe an introvertedness. And not that those are things that hold us back that but maybe don't um, require us to sort of play around at the edges of our comfort zones. Right. You know? <laughs> And I think um, all those things you're you're mentioning, especially a lot of the social issues, I think what we're seeing is a a generational shift. I think a lot of old ways are finally starting to shed off. And it's a painful transition for a lot of people. But it's, you know, I, I look at a lot of younger people and I'm like, 
actually they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be growing as, as a species. We're supposed to be going forward. And that going forward sometimes means you got to get rid of some of this old baggage that you have that we, to, you have to make space for the new. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that doesn't mean everything new is going to be right or perfect, but change is coming and it, it it's inevitable, you know? So, yeah. And you can only, the only, right. The only thing you can rely on in this world is change. Exactly. It's always going to change. And when the more we're able to remove that which no longer serves us or the things that we have kind of evolved away from, you know, the more we have space for, like you said, all the new stuff to come in. Yeah. And you can always rely on taxes too. So that's two things, change in taxes. (laughs) Of course. So (laughs) uh, let's talk about a little about tarot. Now, whenever it's mentioned, people immediately you know, jump to some preconceived notions. Um, sure. What are some misconceptions you see with it? Oh, that it's the devil's work, that it's evil, that it's, um, what else? You know, that it's it's fake. Um, you know, there are a lot of, there's so much information, misinformation in the world, period. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're bound to, uh, to come across some some misinformation about the things that we love. Um, I always like to say that tarot is a visual representation or a physical representation of information that we hold in like our heart or Mm. our gut, right? Like it's something that we know internally in ourselves, but we haven't, here comes the translation again, we haven't quite gotten it into our heads. Right. Like we don't have the words for it. We don't have the ideas for it, but it like, it's when we, when we hear it, we're like, oh, of course, like that's exactly what I'm going through, <laughs> you know? Or yes, that is totally like relevant to my situation or the people that I'm dealing with in my life. You know, the, the cards never lie. Like the, it's always the right card at the right moment. Mm help you know you know how to sort of either move through something or how to you know change your perspective and reconsider some of the preconceived notions that you might have had um so there you know there's some really beautiful exploration that can come from a tarot deck so it's not fortune telling either no it's really more about giving you a tool to to better understand yourself I think we could all use as many of those tools as we possibly can get because <laughs> yeah, we can be our own worst enemies. And I think it's because a lot of times we just don't even understand ourselves. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a really interesting book that I'm, I'm in the middle of reading. It's called existential kink. And it's all about how the things that we either think that we don't want, or we think we don't like um, that, there's some sort of um, like a kink that we like pleasure that we get from like, you know, whatever sort of the core of this thing is. And once we sort of uncover these subconscious things that we think we don't like, but actually really excite us and like give us pleasure in a lot of different ways, we start integrating them and like exploring when things happen in our lives um, and like how we're responding to them in a different way. 
And it's been, it's, I'm, I'm only a part way through about halfway through the book, but it's been really interesting to see this perspective of just a different way of looking at the things that are in our lives that we're like, mm, I don't want that. <laughs> but then, you know, the author says having is evidence of wanting. And you're like, wow. Well, shit. that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense actually. Yeah. But like, well, yeah. <laughs> So whenever we have a guest come on the show, there's a little background stalking that happens. You know, we got to check you out. And on a lot of your socials, the word witch kept popping up. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. That's another word that can be really triggering for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> My mother included. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, yeah. You know, I... I was raised Catholic mm -hmm. and I went to Catholic school for a long time. My mom was my CCD teacher. I mean, you know, like my parents still go to mass every Sunday, but I, there was a lot about the church that I disagreed with. Mm -hmm. and I walked away for a long time, but throughout my therapy process, I was able to create my own sort of spirituality practice and my own relationship with my higher power. And you know, it's my higher power. And yes, we are all one and we are all connected, but each of us has a way that we tap into it individually for ourselves. For some people that might be like through organized religion or, you know, their cultural religious upbringings. For mm -hmm. some people, it might be, I really like to express it in my individuality. And that's, that's what it is for me. And so, which is kind of sort of a, um, just a really easy term to describe that, you know, I do believe that magic, magic exists. I believe that everything is connected, that we can ask for things and we will get them. Um, you know, that everything happens for a reason that we are as above. So below, you know, there are so many different sort of like quips and quotes and things you can see on the internet, but like, it's all, you know, it all rings true for me in so many ways. And there are a lot of different things that are in like, they're considered occult practices, things like the tarot, like astrology, like energy readings and Reiki healings and shamanic journeys. And, you know, there are all these different sort of metaphysical and spiritual experiences that people can have. And I just am like, I want to embrace all of them, but I don't want to do it in any organized structure. Got it. Makes sense. I, I've also read up. I don't know, past few months, I got fascinated with the word witch. And I was mm -hmm. like, maybe I should have a witch on the show. But yeah. so, someone said, you can't ask to talk to a witch. I don't know what, I don't know. I've never heard that before. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> never heard that. That person's prerogative, right? They like have a thing with it. Like, yeah, maybe they meant that particular person. I don't know. But I also saw where people were saying, well, witch could also mean like, um, you know, you're just, it's, you're, the, uh, how did they put it? The extreme best at something like you could be a financial witch, uh -huh. things like that. Well, like, like, so like, uh, you know, like, yeah, like usually would, the word would be wizard, right? Because everything tends to come first in the masculine form. True. True. Yeah. Patriarchy, white supremacist hierarchy, like, come on, <laughs> you know, let's get, let's get moving. We've got a whole universe out here, people. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, that it, it, I see how it could be used in that context as well. Um, but for me, you know, it's just kind of how I self-identify these days with my own practice. 
and again, like you said, there's always the the uh, precon you know preconceived notions of uh, which uh, what black magic, Satan, whatever, devil worship, <laughs> blah blah blah. Because there are so many different in incarnations and expressions and experiences of people that use similar language to talk about very different experiences, right? And yeah. so, so often we get like, however the media portrays that, that kind of language, like that gets imprinted. And then we don't really have much space for other expressions or interpretations of what that language means to us. Voluntary Input is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it. Go to anchor.fm slash start to join a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. So tell us about the pink tank. Yes, pink tank is so great. We're on hiatus right now because it got to be a lot with the pandemic. Um, but we are a group of women who are mostly in the creative and artistic entertainment and media worlds. And uh, we would meet every month just to gather and celebrate each other. And we all sort of had the same ethos of you can't separate the personal from the professional. Right. Because so much of what we do in our professional lives is informed by who we are personally, mm, the yeah. things that we like, the things that light us up. Right. Like, you know, there's so much of following your passion these days and people are like really doing the things that light them up and not. And, you know, yes, people are still like taking jobs to pay their bills and and we all need to do things differently. Um, but, you know, so many people are saying no, I, I need to really follow my passion here. So, uh, you know, we're, we're following our passions and we're out here doing it, aren't we? That's awesome. And, and you're right. So much of our professional life comes from our personal life. And then there's the whole, what is it? Something like you spend 80% of your time at your work. Right. And so. like, not only do you live so much of your life in a professional realm, then your professional life affects your personal life because that's how we like have the resources to do the things we want to do in our personal lives. Right? right. Exactly. Like sometimes people are like, you know what? I'm not going to follow my passion. I'm going to follow that paycheck <sighs> so that I can follow my passion. Right. Like there are different. And so we just, as a group, we all sort of had a very similar ethos in that it, it's all interwoven and connected. And then of course, it's all connected. It's all interwoven. We're all these sort of like you know, also a little witchy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a cover. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. It's a nice little cover. Yeah. I, I stop pay, uh, chasing paychecks, man. Chasing money is a horrible way to live. I, I did it before and it, it was not good. Yeah. I made a lot of money, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's not. Got to follow a passion. So what about snob? I, I saw quite a few videos of snob. I'm like, what exactly is happening here? We have a good time. At oh, snob. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly looked like it. Yeah. So snob actually started like, oh, my God, over a decade ago. Um, 
I was working, as you said, on Memphis, Tony Award winning musical. And my brother was actually in the show for about a year before I joined as the press rep for the show. And so we live close to the theater. So on Saturday nights, when they were done with their show, they somebody it was rotating responsibility, but somebody had to bring the drinks and then somebody else would like turn on the music. And we would have drinks in the men's dressing room after the show and just like hang out. And they had this, they had this door that went out to this huge, like, I mean, it was a fire escape, but it was like a big balcony uh -huh. outside of their, their dressing room. So we would like, especially when the weather was nice, we were like indoor, outdoor, hanging out, having a party. And we called it Snob Saturday Night on Broadway. And for years, my friend Preston, who was in the show, um, he and I would always say, oh, we would love to bring Snob to the people. Like, how do we do it as a community thing? Because after Memphis, half that cast went and did Motown the Musical on Broadway. They started doing it at their theater. And then other people took it to their theaters. And, you know, so people would do drinks in their dressing rooms on Saturdays. And then usually everybody would end up at a bar in Midtown. And, you know, we figured out, why can't we do that like intentionally? Let's bring everyone together. Right. But let's do it on Sunday. So it's at the end of the week, right? Because most Broadway shows don't have Monday performances. So then people can actually like blow off some steam. And so we ended up uh, finding our third partner, Ari Groover, who's like a brilliant DJ and Broadway performer. She's in Tina right now, the Tina Turner musical. Um, and Preston Duggar, DJ Duggs, and I got together and we threw a dance party and then we threw another one and we did it for, uh, um, I would say like almost two years. And then the pandemic hit. Uh. So we, we took hiatus during the pandemic. We tried to do the online thing that that's not really our vibe. It really is about the gathering and being together in community. Um, so we had a really fun time. We, we came back this summer to do, um, a few, a few sessions. We did a pop-up last fall in Riverside park, like up in Harlem, just hanging out by the water and dancing. People had their roller skates. We were had double Dutch going. I mean, it was a blast. And nice. um, yeah, we had a little documentary made at that at that uh, session, which was really fun. So that I think is coming out sometime this holiday season, which would be really cool. Um, so yeah, we just did our Tony Awards party for the Tony Awards recently. It was fun. We did a nice little watch party and just had. Our community, anyone who, you know, either didn't have a show party to go to or wasn't performing or, you know, they were able to come and be with their community. So that's kind of the whole point of, of what Snob is, is just the gathering. That is awesome. I saw a part of that uh, Tita Turner musical this morning. I watched GMA every morning, right? Yeah. And I saw yeah. it this morning. Yeah. My business partner was on there. Ari was out there doing her thing. That is awesome. Yeah. I want to come hang out. <laughs> Great. Well, we have so much fun. And, you know, they're both brilliant DJs and like party architects. Um, the, it was really cool. We got to be part of a block party for the very first play back um, on Broadway this summer that opened in, in August was called Passover. Uh -huh. And it was sort of like a contemporary, um, like waiting for Godot type type story. And um, they had a block party after their first performance back. And so we were DJing. And like we had, they had shut the entire block down from 8th Avenue to Broadway on 52nd Street. And we just blasted music and danced for like an hour and a half. It was so much fun. Oh my goodness. That's, 
I, I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, because it's Broadway dancers dancing because they want to, not because someone's paying them to do it. It looks it looks like a great time. Uh, so let's talk about some of your career accomplishments. Now you mentioned the Lion King. That looks awesome. The live version. I still haven't gotten to see it yet. It's really something. I hadn't seen the live production. I'd never seen the live production on Broadway before I started working on it. Okay. And um, I had seen it like at the national tour growing up. And I think I saw the Toronto production at one point, but I had never seen it on Broadway. And so like, it was like my second week in the office. They were like, okay, just, just go over the matinee. Just go, go watch the matinee. <laughs> I was like, okay, great. I love this. So I went over to the theater. Like I, they had gotten me a ticket and everything. Um, and I sat down in the theater. It's a Wednesday matinee. It's all tour, like international tourists and like school groups. And I'm like sitting there like just, okay. And the music started and I just started bawling. I was just sobbing because it's so beautiful and it's so epic. And I got to play a tiny little part in it by just, you know, helping them with their PR stuff in their press office. So it was really a really special show to get to be part of. And I mean, to work for Disney at all, it was so cool to, to see it all from the inside and, you know, understand more about how that company works and what they do. And, and getting to work on Aladdin was really cool, too, because one of my childhood friends was actually the understudy for Jasmine. And so she would go on for Jasmine and I could like just walk into the theater and go watch her do her show because I worked there, too. So I got, definitely got to do that more than once which is really fun. That is so cool. I, I have no excuse too, because uh, Lion King, it has been to Cincinnati, I think like three or four times. And I keep saying, we need to go see that. I need to go see that. And then I never go because I'm yep. lazy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> or I just get distracted easy with something else. And then I see a commercial for it. And I'm like, that looks so awesome. I really need yeah. to go see it, but I never do. I don't know. I'm terrible. And then, yeah, you mentioned Aladdin. I'm just looking through some of the stuff here on your, yeah. all the play. I've, I've gotten to work with a lot of really cool people. That, I've been very fortunate. I would, that would be great to just sit down and listen to some of the stories you could tell. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are some doozies in there, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... We, yeah, we touched a little bit on finding, you know, your magic and um, getting through tough times. What, what are some things you could tell people that may be struggling, especially nowadays, you know, because there, there's a lot of there's a lot of heaviness going on right now with a lot of folks. So what would what, what could you offer them? Even if you feel like you're going through it alone, you're not. You have an army of ancestors who have transitioned before you, whether they're related to you or not if they were loved in your life and you were loved in theirs, even a sliver, they're there for you and you should call on them and you can call on them and they will be there for you. And especially if, if they're people who have recently transitioned. Um, I mean, my grandmother died seven years ago and I still talk to her. Like I still like basically call her on the phone. Like I used to call her when I was walking home from the office I will still to this day put my ear pods in and just walk down the street and talk to her on the phone or walk around my apartment. You know, I, you can ask for signs from them, from your ancestors. 
Uh, there's a really, really amazing book that I read by a woman named Laura Lynn Jackson. She's a medium from Long Island, but bear with me. It's called The Secret Signs, The Secret Language of the Universe. And it's all about how those who have transitioned before us are showing us that they are there with us, that they are supporting that we are not alone. They're showing us constantly. We just aren't aware of the signs. So if we start asking for specific signs, we'll start seeing them, hopefully. So for example, um, after I read that book, my, my other grandmother who passed away when I was seven years old, and I had, you know, didn't really have, I mean, we lived in the same home, but since then she was gone. Um, I asked her, she was a teacher. I asked her, I was like, okay, what can I ask her for? Well, what's in like a teacher's classroom? A map. Okay, wait, let's go with a globe. And you know what? Let's make that globe purple just to be really specific. Hmm. Four weeks, I was looking for purple globes everywhere. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I'm seeing like globes here and there some, but like never purple, you know, black and white maybe, or like the, you know, multicolored ones that we saw growing up in school, but like yeah. not what I was looking for. I'm telling my best friend about this and she was like, what are you talking about? You don't see them. You're the only person I send that crystal ball emoji to. It's a purple globe. Ah. And then I started looking, I decided to look back and see how, like how many purple globes were in my emails, in my texts, right? Like in my files, like where was that popping up? That started popping up in 2016. <laughs> I asked for that at the beginning of 2021 and you were so you weren't paying attention they were showing up five years before i asked for it uh -huh. and because i had a certain idea of what it was going to look like and an expectation of it i wasn't able to see what it was and like that's something i need to hear myself on a regular basis mm -hmm. just because your expectation is one thing does not mean that's how it's going to show up that's true in so many things in life <laughs> and like i forget it every day so I think we, we all do. Bringing that out of me tonight, so I remind myself. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's my tip for you. I helped you help helping others, helping you, or however we want to say that. <laughs> you know, you know, Leo. Well, this has been awesome. I got one final question for you. This one is a it's a hotly debated topic, and it wasn't okay. on the uh, outline I gave you. All right. Um, pancakes or waffles? A long time ago, the answer would always have been pancakes. Uh-oh. Um, nowadays, it would be waffles, except I'm from Pittsburgh. Oh, we and forgot to talk about that. Pittsburgh, Steelers tattoo on my foot proves it. I don't watch the NFL anymore. Oh, I, I meant to tell everybody that, about this, that how you almost <laughs> didn't make it on the show because of this nonsense. But yes, I'm a Steelers. Well, was a Steelers fan? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> But in Pittsburgh, and like Obama went there, so you know it's good, uh, is Pamela's, which is a diner that has the most delicious crepe-style pancakes you will ever have in your life. Mm -hmm. They are so thin, and the edges are crispy, and it's just like magic on your plate. <laughs> so, like, if I'm in New York, it's waffles. If I'm going to Pamela's, it's pancakes every day. <laughs>
So you have to vote for one though. Okay, then Pamela's pancakes. Pamela's pancakes. But just but those. Pamela's. <laughs> I heard. I, want Pamela's, I don't want them. Okay, okay. So it has to be specific pancakes. All right. We'll take that as your answer. You're, you're one for pancakes. <laughs> I never finished tallying this up, but I had started asking everyone this at the end of every show, and I, I got to get a tally someday. So I don't even know where we stand now because I've had both. There's waffles, there's pancakes, because then you have people in the South that's chicken and waffles. So yep. they have to go with waffles. So there you go. Well, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you got coming up? Uh, are you writing a book or... I'm working on my own Broadway tarot deck. So kind of marrying two of my loves of my Broadway background and my love for tarot. So I've been working on that. Um, but that is very much in the creative process. So it's going to be a while before that one hits shelves. But I'm really excited that even it's that the idea is even expressing itself. Awesome. Awesome. And where can people find you? Yeah, you can hit me up at Emily Ann MCG. That's A-N-N-E on all the social medias that I'm on. Um, mostly I only use Instagram, but oh. I have most of them, you know? Um, yeah, and if you're interested in getting a tarot reading, I would love to do that. You can do that on my website or through the link in my bio on Instagram. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome back anytime. You. you wanna come back and goof off a little bit more, I don't know. Maybe we'll talk <laughs> about that tattoo. How or do, do a tarot reading. How, well, well, you never know. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Emily. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, like I said, come back anytime, and thank we'll you. see you next time. <laughs>